You know, I always like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 97 of the So Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to hop into. Excuse me, Brock Lesnar entering the Royal Rumble Impact Hard to Kill preview. We got a lot of things to hop into, so we're gonna get right on into it. You can find me on linktr.ee slash Too Sweet Pod. That's where all the listings are for this podcast. So, Ladies and gentlemen, also on Twitter at OMG Corbin at the number two, Sweet P-O-D. So, the first thing we're going to hop into, ladies and gentlemen, the Impact Hard to Kill preview. The first pay-per-view, official pay-per-view of the year for Impact. And it is quite the card, quite the interesting card. So, we're going to hop right on into it. First up, we have Moose versus Rhino. Look, first and foremost, I got to admit... I have not been the biggest fan of the ECW guys being on Impact. Like, they just don't do it for me. That's just my opinion. But, as it pertains to Moose and Rhino, this should be a fast and hard-hitting match to Hasis, as I like to say. And I'm very interested to see who pulls it out here. I obviously, Moose should get the victory here. That's just my opinion. And you know what? I am gonna go with I think the face pulls it off Rhino I gotta say I've loved Moose's Mr. Perfect gimmick uh, that he's been pulling off lately uh, but at the end of the day I think Rhino will pick up the victory here moving on Matman Fulton versus Ken Shamrock I really thought that the Ken Shamrock appearance was just gonna be that one appearance but apparently it has turned into a thing and you know what I don't necessarily mind it Matman Fulton Obviously, a guy looking for a big win over Ken Shamrock, and I gotta say that you know what, with Ken Shamrock losing to Moose in this first matchup, uh, coming back, I think Ken Shamrock will pick up the victory here. So moving on, we have Brian Cage versus Rob Van Dam, and this is another one to where I'm like, ah, it's another, it's another ECW guy, and I'm not all that interested, but it should be a fantastic matchup. Ah, two very contrasting styles, Rob Van Dam, and you have Brian Cage, the new age big man that can move around, uh, that can move around the little guys and, and muscle around the bigger guys. So I expect a really good match here. At the end of the day, I'm gonna go with Brian Cage to pick up the victory here. He needs this uh, win a whole lot more than a Van Dam would need it. So I'm going to go with Brian Cage to pick up the victory. Next up, we have. Uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack versus the North. Rich Swan and Willie Mack won the Tyac team open to be entered into this uh, match or to earn this opportunity. Excuse me. Uh, this has some matchup night uh, potential if you ask me. Uh, one of the matches that I'm very much looking forward to. I expect it to be an exciting match. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I think that there's no reason to take the titles off of the North here, in my opinion. I have enjoyed uh, Josh Alexander and uh, what these guys have done. Uh, they have, and Ethan Page, excuse me. They have done some tremendous hero things. I really enjoy them, and I think that they will pick up the victory here. Moving on, Michael Elgin versus Eddie Edwards. 
This should be very interesting. Ah, uh, the Cardio Shot Trophy will be on the line. And I got to say that I am very excited to see this matchup. This one is another one with match of the night our potential here. And you know what? I'm going to go out on the limb and say it will be the match of the night. Michael Elgin, best bout machine in my opinion. Versus Eddie Edwards As for your victory here You know what I am going to go with Michael Elgin To pick up the victory And to pick up the call your shot trophy Moving on We have Trey Miguel versus Ace Austin This should be a phenomenal matchup X Division X, X, X Division Championship on the line uh, The storyline for me Trey hitting on uh, Excuse me Ace Austin hitting on Trey Miguel's mother eh? It is yeah. not all that interesting, but it keeps up the slimy heel work of Trey Miguel, so I like that. This should be a phenomenal matchup. As for your winner, Trey Ace Austin, excuse me, just really got the exhibition championship, so I don't really see a reason to take the championship off of him. He's been doing a good job, relatively speaking, so and I enjoy the heck out of his work, so. I'm going to go with Ace Austin to pick up the victory here. Next up, we have the Women's Championship on the line. Jordan Grace versus ODB versus Taya Valkyrie. This was originally supposed to be Jordan Grace versus Taya Valkyrie, but ODB worked her way into it. And you know what? I don't mind it whatsoever. We should get a fantastic triple threat match. Uh, at the end of the day, boy, I've said at the end of the day plenty of times, but looking at it here, it's going to be a phenomenal matchup, but this is Jordan Grace's time. Look, this is the time. For as much as I enjoy Tiger Valkyrie, this is the time to get the title off of her and get it on Jordan Grace. It has been a phenomenal run for Tiger Valkyrie, but it is Jordan Grace's time. And Jordan Grace will pick up the victory here. Moving on to the main event, ladies and gentlemen. Dustin Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan. A lot of build behind this. A lot of backstory with this with, with Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard. This is obviously the match I'm most looking forward to. And look, a lot of history at stake. And look, Impact, as I've said before, it is now or never with Tessa Blanchard. If you're going to get on the edge of history, you might as well do it. This should be a phenomenal matchup. Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan has fantastic chemistry. Sammy Callahan plays up the dastardly heel while Tessa Blanchard plays up the underdog face. And I absolutely love that about their rivalry. And this is it, Impact. Go on and go with it. You have time. This is your time to do it now. And I think they will go with it. Tessa Blanchard will pick up the championship win in what will be a historic moment for Impact and a historic moment for Tessa Blanchard and ladies across the world. I I'm excited to see how it all plays out. So that's my Impact Hard to Kill preview. I cannot wait to see how the show turns out and it should be a fantastic show this Sunday. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, Brock Lesnar. And I got to say that you know what, Brock Lesnar came out on Monday Night Raw, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you know what, who's going to interrupt Brock, How how's this going to go down to the Royal Rumble, Who who's he going to face off with at the Royal Rumble, and we get the surprise that, no, 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 there will not be a championship match at the Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar will be entering the, the Royal Rumble number one overall, and I got to say that, uh, how does that I've had this question since Monday. How does that make the pay-per-view better? It doesn't, in my opinion. Look, from the standpoint of, I heard a lot of people saying, well, Brock could win, and 
He could challenge Bray Wyatt. We could have a double championship match. And the only problem with that is that's never going to happen because we have a brand split. Like, you're going to have to live with something. If that goes down, you're going to have to live with something that you don't like. Either the brand split is going to end, which it's not. Or you're going to have a double champion and we're going to only have two championships on one show. One show is going to be without a championship. So none of that is happening. So I have no reason to believe that Brock Lesnar is going to win the Royal Rumble. Now we look to the other reasons why people are saying it's exciting. For me, with the Royal Rumble, there's no championship on the line. Brock isn't defending his championship, so I'm upset about that. But there are people saying, you know what? This could set up the WrestleMania matchup. There are a lot of people that could eliminate Brock Lesnar. And you know what? I get that. But here's what's going to happen. Mark my words. We're making all these fantasy booking scenarios. And Cain Velasquez is going to knock out Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble. And we're going to be stuck with Cain versus Brock 2 at WrestleMania. I don't know how it goes down, but that's what's going to happen. Look, I... I would much rather have somebody like a Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre at Royal Rumble as opposed to Brock Lesnar uh, entering the Royal Rumble. Or let's set it set up his WrestleMania match some other way, man. Uh, like uh, there's obviously it could it could be exciting. Somebody exciting could eliminate Brock Lesnar, but I'm not getting my hopes up high for it. We'll see how it turns out. Some people like it. Obviously, I don't. But I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing to see how it turns out. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen. It was the Night of Returns or debuts for SmackDown last Friday. And the first of which, well, I don't know if it was the first of which that happened in its order. But the first of which I'm going to talk about is John Morrison. Ah, man, what a waste of a debut. They had him just show up uh, backstage in front of Miz's locker room, gave an interview, and gave it like a minute interview, and that was it. You know, I had to look up because I thought it was somebody else at first, and I'm like, wait, whoa, that's John Morrison. And first thing I said was, man, they're going to debut him like that? And like, there are a lot of people saying, well, let it play out. And I'm here to say, look, uh, you can only have one debut. And sometimes debuts are huge, man. And I was the first to say, you know what? They should have saved it for the Royal Rumble. And a lot of people are saying that, you know what? He wasn't going to win the Rumble anyways. So why debut him at the Rumble? Look, AJ Styles wasn't going to win the Rumble. And we still talk about that like that is one of the greatest debuts in recent wrestling history because it was. And we could have had that with John Morrison. We could have had a huge debut. He would have got a huge pop because people do remember him. And they could have, you know, maintained that momentum and catapulted it into something as we headed into WrestleMania. But now we have John Morrison debut backstage and it's like, uh, let's see if they can make something out of this. You know what? I'm not with John Morrison and The Miz. Now, a lot of people want to see them back together because they did some awesome things together. But I think that they are better apart as singles wrestlers. I like to see them get built up back up as singles wrestlers. And then maybe down the line, we can have a reunion. You know what? I'll see how it plays out going forward. But it's looking like it is going to be John Morrison and The Miz together as a tag team. We'll see. Moving on. We had Sheamus, our debut, came up as the Revival was about to lay it to Chad Gable. I'm not calling him Shorty G, but 
he comes out, he debuts, huge pop, and Revival gets out of the ring, and Sheamus just, and I'm sitting there like, okay, lay him out, give me a bro kick, and he lays out Shorty G, Chad Gable, yes, Shorty G, but we'll see how Sheamus' return plays out, I hope, like, it's looking like he's gonna be healed, which that is awesome, Sheamus has always been a phenomenal heel, and I'm very much interested to see how it goes going forward. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Usos returned at the end of the show. Looked like we were going to have another embarrassing Roman Reigns Dolph Ziggler segment. And you know what? Out of nowhere, in Baron Corbin segment, excuse me, out of nowhere, your Usos return and the crowd goes crazy. And look, they run off Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin, got them out of there, stood tall with Roman Reigns in the show. And look, I'm here to say, let's 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 make this happen give me the bloodline stable let's make it happen because roman reigns could use it the usos could use it as well i don't know what you got to do I, I make them heels make them tweeners usos kind of got this cool tweener thing going you can make them a tweener group but give me the stable with the usos and roman reigns it would be a phenomenal call a stroke of genius if you ask me so that was the night of returns we're going to move on into Naito and Kenta, ladies and gentlemen. What an amazing Wrestle Kingdom it was that I watched. And it all culminated with the main event of Naito versus Okada. Naito finally wins the big win. And I'm sitting there, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was. And I'm sitting there like, man, what a match. Naito finally did it. And he's having this long, drawn-out, you know, post-match celebration. And I've always... I learned what one thing wrestling has taught me is that look do not fast forward or do not turn off endings and I'm just sitting there waiting and I'm just sitting there watching and out of nowhere here comes Kenta lays out Naito poses with the double belts and look there were some people that were upset about this and I was not one of them sure he ruined the Naito's celebration but I am all for it because it told a story it got Kenta over as a massive heel and I loved every bit of it and we're gonna get a match between the two at New Japan uh, New Beginning on February 9th for the double titles and I'm very excited about it it is gonna be a phenomenal matchup Everybody hates Kenta, so that is a good thing. He's a heel. Everyone feels sorry for Naito. He's the face. And New Japan has done a great job as far as booking this angle so far. And I'm very excited to see how it turns out. Job well done by New Japan. They have me hook, line, and sinker. So moving on, we're going to move on into Drew McIntyre, ladies and gentlemen. Drew McIntyre, the face? And look, there are ways... You could go about this, and this is not the, the way that I've seen it going down. Drew McIntyre turns face, and what well, they have him turning face. He lays out Ryder and Hawkins. I want week. He comes back and lays out No Way Jose the next week, and I'm like, okay, if you wanted to turn Drew McIntyre face, why not do it against heels? And look, I'm one to say that I want Drew McIntyre as a big bad heel because that's what he does. But if you're going to turn him face, why not make it make sense? Uh, we'll see how this plays out going forward. We'll see uh, what they do with Drew McIntyre. Hopefully they do a lot. I have a big storyline planned out for him going forward. And speaking of big things, look, 
Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens is looking for a partner at the end of Raw. And everybody's going down these fantasy booking scenarios again. And we end up with the big show. And like I'm sitting there like this isn't really happening. Like somebody else is gonna come out. And oh no, it's the big show. Really? The big show. And you know what? <sighs> the match wasn't all that great. We'll have a fist fight next Monday. And I'm like, the big show, really? Like, eh, it didn't do a whole lot for me, didn't do a whole lot for anybody else. Look, I don't know what it's gonna go down to uh going forward. But the big show is back and eh, we'll see how it turns out. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna move on to NWA Power. And look, at the end of the show, uh, we had Nick Aldis out and we had a match made. It will be Team Aldis versus Team Ricky Morton. Neither Nick Aldis or Ricky Morton can be in the match. And if Team Morton wins, Ricky Morton gets a title shot at Nick Aldis. I'm all for that. But Nick Aldis revealed his third man and his third man was none other than Scott Steiner. Big Papa Pump's got your hookup and he's back in NWA. And man, that was like, that was way out of left field. I didn't see that one coming. And here it is. Scott Steiner's in NWA. I'm intrigued by it. I want to see what's going to go down. Just hand the man a mic for goodness sakes because I want to see him talk or hear him talk. And look, this should be phenomenal. I cannot wait to see how it all turns out. Team Aldis versus Team Morton. It should be very, very interesting. So moving on, we're going to end the night with AEW and or end the day, excuse me, with AEW and NXT breakdown. And first, we're going to start off with AEW as always. We had Hangman Page and Omega versus the Private Party. This was an exciting match that the crowd was very much into. Really picked up with Mark Quinn. I uh, hit uh, some suicide dives. Got the hot tag and hit a lot of suicide dives. And there were a lot of near falls in this matchup. Uh, but one thing I will criticize was that the execution was off a little bit uh, in this matchup from Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. At the end of the day, Hangman Page and Omega picks up the win. Crowd very into it. A very good way to start the show. Post-match, we see Pac, and he has a submission locked on on Micah Nakazawa, and he wants his match with Kenny Omega. We'll see how that plays out going forward moving on ladies and gentlemen we had rio versus chris statlander for the title and i was very excited because this was a big matchup for the ladies had an early commercial break that kind of killed the momentum but picked back up uh, we had some exciting spots a uh, nice vertical suplex from chris statlander but here's the thing awesome con comes out the nightmare collective comes out and it completely ruins the match way too much interference Luther, the bald guy in the promo packages, he comes out, he gets involved, and Rio picks up the win due to interference from Awesome Kong. And I gotta say that, man, I do not like that. We had too many interferences. Like, it felt like some type of WWE thing in my estimation. And I get that they're trying to build a storyline here, but they could have had an excellent matchup with Rio and Chris Statlander in the extra stuff could have came after the match that's just my opinion i did not like it whatsoever it really killed the match in my estimation next up we had daniels versus Sammy Guevara, and this one just never got into second gear we had more interference pentagon 
I interrupted Christopher Daniels. That gave the win to Sammy Guevara, and I never really got into the match. It wasn't interesting. We had another interference after the, the previous interference. So after the match, the Dark Order comes down, and for me, why I can't get into them is because they are just not imposing. They're not intimidating. They offered Christopher Daniels a spot in the dark order he turned them down and we had the beat down being laid on christopher daniels scu comes out and the young bucks come out they make the save and they stand tall we'll see what type of storyline goes forward with that next up we had the Rhodes brothers versus the lucha bros and this was at a spot to where the the show really needed some saving and this was a really good match uh cody got a hot tag in this match with a dope hurricane rana and the crowd was just hot for this win uh at the end of the day dustin hit the dustin destroyer that's what i'm here to call it and he would go on eventually to pick up the victory for the rose brothers and this was a really good match really got the show back up where it needed to be and after the match we had a promo from old on anderson double a baby he talked about uh, MJF said who died and made him God to make all these stipulations said that Cody Rhodes wants the match and that they would talk later uh, after, right after that we had MJF come down and <laughs> called Cody a coward and a lot of other things this brought out DDP and DDP really took too long to get to his point and I really started to get taken out of the promo because of DDP so this MJF brought down the Butcher and the Blade they tried to attack DDP. They took some diamond cutters for their troubles. MJF laid the low blow on DDP. Went for the beatdown. QT Marshall made the save. So, like, I didn't really like that promo. MJF uh, really had the, the promos where he was talking about Diamond Dallas Page's daughters. That, that was kind of funny. But other than that, like, the promo just drug on the segment. Excuse me. Just drug on and on and on in my estimation. Next up, Jurassic Express versus the Best Friends. And this was a really good match. Marco Stunt was largely over the crowd. Loved them some Marco Stunt. Uh, Luchasaurus had a phenomenal stretch in this match to where he cleaned house. The crowd loved them some Orange Cassidy as well. But the spot of the match was Luchasaurus throwing Marco Stunt, literally throwing them into the Best Friends. Uh, the Jurassic Express would go on to pick up the victory here so as we close the show we would close with chris jericho's promo and that brought out john moxley and everybody's like what's gonna happen is he gonna join isn't he gonna join and he joins the inner circle and this one really drug on for me at first i liked it but the the segment just drug on and on because they were trying to stall time until we got to the end of the show and i'm like okay something's gotta happen here clearly john moxley they have the bubbly and John Moxley says, hey, yeah, I'm just kidding. Cracks Chris Jericho over the head with the bottle of champagne and he stands tall. Like, I like the progression of the angle, but the segment itself, they just kept dragging on and on and on. I'm like, come on, just get to the point. As for AEW itself, man, they really veered away from simple and like it, they really veered into a territory to where... I gotta say that this was probably their worst show because they veered away from their product as far as being simple and they had a lot of extra stuff going on in this show still some good matches still some good hard-hitting action just keep it simple next time 
Moving on to NXT, ladies and gentlemen, we started off with Rhea Ripley, the champ. She had a promo, and she was interrupted by Tony Storm. She wanted a shot at the title. That, then she was interrupted by Kaylee Ray. Then that brought out EO, Bianca Belair, and Candice LeRae. They all wanted a shot at Rhea Ripley's title. And I don't like the interruption promos. That, that felt very WWE Raw-ish to me. But at least it had a purpose. A fight broke out. And we had a Tilly Long player. We had a tag team match. A three-way tag team match after that. Uh, Tony Storm, Candice LeRae, Rhea versus EO, Kaylee Ray, and Bianca Belair. This was a phenomenal match. And I enjoyed every bit of it. I enjoyed the tension in the match. EO knocking uh, Bianca Belair off of the ropes. And crowd was very much into this. Candice uh, Roy hit a sweet reverse rider in this match. But at the end of the match, EO would turn on uh, Bianca Belair. And Rhea Ripley would go on to pick up the victory over Bianca Belair. This was a well-fought match. We will have a battle royal uh, to determine the number one contender. I think that will be next week on the show. And moving on, ladies and gentlemen. We had the Forgotten Sons versus Imperium. And this was very a fast-paced match. And Cutler got it going very early in the match. I enjoy his work. And we had some really good spots in this match. At the end of the day, the Imperium would go on to pick up the victory. While I'm not a fan of Walter, I am a fan of the stable, the Imperium. I am a fan of that tag team. And this was a really good match. Felt like a really fun sprint. Not a long match, but a sprint nonetheless. Ah, the Imperium moves on and thank goodness that was the right winner to choose here. Next up, we had Joe Quinn Wild versus Austin Theory. It was not a lot to break down in this match because it was very much a showcase for Austin Theory. Not a squash match, but a showcase to show off Austin Theory. Joe Quinn Wild got some stuff in, but Austin Theory picks up the victory here. Ah, a very quick match. And we'll see what they do going forward with Austin Theory. I'm very interested in that guy. Moving on, we had Gallus versus Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. This was an interesting match. We had some quick tags by Gallus. Really reminded me of the Horsemen. Quick tags and doing damage uh, left and right. Uh, I really love the Mark Coffee hot tag. He had a hot tag. He ran wild. He had a urinagi, a sweet urinagi for a near fall. At the end of the day, a phenomenal matchup, but Adam Cole gets involved, uh, giving the Undisputed Era the victory. Uh, this is a case to where I like interference. We had two champions going up against each other, so neither one of them could afford to take a clean loss. I right, So I welcome the interference that time around. It was simple. It was well done. The Undisputed Era picks up the victory. Next up, we had Johnny Gargano out. He was out for a promo, and we had fiery Johnny Gargano. We don't necessarily see that all of the time, so I appreciate it when it does come out. Uh, he talked about how he stayed whenever he got the call, uh, call up. Excuse me. Finn Balor left. And they held it down without Finn Balor. Said that they didn't need Finn Balor to succeed. This brought out Finn Balor. And we had ourselves a match made at NXT Portland. It will be Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. I am very excited for that one. I'm very excited to see how that goes down. Very much should be a match of the year candidate. So, I'm excited about that. We would move on. Mia Yim versus Kaden Carter. Last time we saw Kaden Carter, 
Oh, I think it was Bianca Belair, and that match was a squash match. I always wanted to see more because she had she's a very talented uh, lady, and we got to see a little bit more here. Uh, Mia Yim picked up the victory, but it was a competitive match. So I very much enjoyed that. A quick match, but a competitive match nonetheless. The bright person won, but the story was the aftermath. Chelsea Green runs in out of nowhere, takes out Mia Yim, and Robbie E, formerly of Impact Wrestling, now Robert Stone, looks like he's going to be managing Chelsea Green, and you know what? I'm very much interested in it. It's pretty weird, but you know what? I'm here for it. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see how it turns out, and I'm very much interested in Chelsea Green. She's a phenomenal worker. And it was a very well done segment. Moving on to the main event, ladies and gentlemen. Keith Lee versus Damian Priest versus Djokovic versus Cameron Grimes. Number one contendership for the North American Championship is on the line. And this was a phenomenal match. We had some sick Keith Lee spots. What else is new? Uh, the Keith Lee powerbomb of Priest onto Djokovic. That was sick. Out uh, of Keith Lee. Double choke slam was sick, and I gotta say another spot I enjoyed in this match was the Cameron Graham Spanish Fly on Keith Lee. This was a phenomenal match all the way around. At the end of the day, Keith Lee picks up the victory. This was the absolute right choice. I thought they should have went with Keith Lee, to be honest. Uh, when it was Keith Lee trying to get the number one contendership for the world title. But they go with Keith Lee here. He's the number one contender for the North American Championship. And I'm excited to see how that match goes on. Keith Lee picks up the victory here. And that is it for NXT. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this podcast. What an amazing show. And I'm looking forward to Impact Card to Kill. I'm looking forward to see how this Brock Lesnar stuff plays out. We will see how it goes down going forward. Let me know all of your thoughts on Twitter at OMG Corey B and at Too Sweet P O D.